Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. I'm Trisden. And I'm Ray. What we hope to do here is find a little bit of middle ground on some of these extremely polarizing social and political issues. Welcome everybody to Extreme Common Sense. Ray, what's up, man? Good to see you. Hey, how are you, Trisdon? Very good, man. So this is kind of cool. I know, you know, a lot of our show is uh, us bringing on people to argue about politics, but, you know, sometimes it's just so stressful to do that. It's so cool that, that we can just occasionally bring in somebody to, uh, to, to, be, to be fun and entertaining and have a good conversation that is less stressful. So today is going to be one of those shows. Well, tell me more. <laughs> well, all right. I, I don't want to put pressure on our guest, but having been a student of comedy my whole life, uh, this is one of the funniest, if not the funniest guys that I've ever seen live. So his name is Mike Cronin. Uh, I got to see him open for Gilbert Gottfried. I'm going nice. to throw out three years ago because time hasn't mattered since COVID and I don't exactly remember when it was, but right. it was, I mean, just fucking killed it. So, uh, you know, not to put pressure on him, you know, he's not doing his set, but we're going to have a conversation. But if you do get a chance to check it out his stand-up, uh, he's got a pretty unique handle on all of his social media, Bone Snake 3 So we'll ask him a little bit about that uh, when he comes on. But check him out. He's touring live uh, all over the United States. So I'm sure he's coming to a club near you at some point. And we're just going to bring him on and talk about what it's like to be a stand-up. I mean, it's fascinating. And where were you? At Comedy Off-Broadway? Yeah, yeah, he did comedy off Broadway. I want to say he's based or maybe from Cincinnati originally, so he gotcha. does do quite a bit of stuff up and down the I seventy five corridor here. I think maybe Detroit now, but again, we can ask him about that in a bit. And we'll, we'll get Mike on in one second. But let me ask you this question: I was talking with Raymond last night. You ever heard of the Savannah Bananas? Uh, you know what? Is that the weird rule baseball team? It's fantastic, man. I, I, it, Raymond sent me an email that had the nine things that they do, the best thing that they do. Yeah, so it's a, it's like a wooden bat, non-affiliated minor league team. One of the things that they've added is if you catch the foul flop pop-up in the stands, the batter's out. Nice. Isn't that great? There's a lot of weird rules, I think. Uh, you know, yeah, there's like nine briefly. of them, but, but it's, it's, I mean, it's ultimately about getting fans in the seats, and they've been killing it. They've been getting yeah. people in there. Uh, any variation of baseball, I'm all for. Yeah, that keeps it that keeps it fun. Yeah, check check those guys out, Savannah Bananas. And I guess you got to give our sponsors a quick shout out. Yeah, well, let's thank the sponsors for uh, for bringing us in. We've got uh, Berea Pond, my guy Aaron. Uh, check him out at BuckshotandLead.com uh, if you're international or not local to Central Kentucky. Or uh, check him out if you are from Berea by chance or in the Lexington area. Come on down 107 Clay Drive in Berea. A lot of cool stuff. Man, I've got to go buy like six uh, couches because he's just got a huge selection of couches right now. I just need a, you know, I don't even need a new couch, but I'm going to get a couple because he's got <laughs> such great deals. And how about our, our boy Dan and uh, his lovely wife, Nessa? You want to talk about them? Yes, sir. Na actually, Nessa. I didn't want to correct you last Nasa. week, but. Yeah, Nasa. Please, as somebody with a name that's never spoken correctly, it's I always should, appreciated. I should have told you that off the air. But, yeah, it's easy to mispronounce. It's yeah. an odd name. She, it got mispronounced all the time. But, yeah, Dan and Nasa at Bad Wolf Gaming. I actually stopped in the other day and brought them a pizza. 
Which, if you've ever met Dan, he likes pizza. Man, who doesn't like pizza? Well, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. We've, we've always had this thing we were going to do here at the bowling center. It was an eating contest. Dan claimed that he could eat a 16-inch pie and 24 wings in, I think, 10 minutes. We haven't done it. That would be fun to do live. <laughs> yeah, not to do live. He'd come close. I've seen him eat. Really? Yeah, I've seen him eat. Let's bring him, yeah, let's bring him back on the show. We've got to do that. Yeah. That would be our biggest. We do need to do that. That would be our biggest ratings, uh, unquestionably, to <laughs> have a guy just <laughs> eating. All right. Yeah, it would be so much better than you and I talking. But uh, oh yeah, man, uh, you want to let's bring our guest in. Yes, absolutely. All right, ladies and gentlemen, active touring and hilarious comedian Mike Cronin. Hey, how's it going, everybody? (laughs) (laughs) Just hanging out, waiting, Mike. How are you? (laughs) And that's Mike Cronin, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks, it's been a pleasure. Good night, everybody. <laughs> I got to take off. Have a good one. All right. We appreciate your time, Mike. That well, was- Mike, you've got us laughing. I I, um, <laughs> I tell the story of bringing home Tommy Boy when my kids were like, I don't know, 8 and 12, 10 and 14. They're four years apart. And it was one of those eye rolls. And it was like, oh, dad's movie. I said, here's the deal. Give it 10 minutes. If you don't laugh, we'll turn it off. Within three minutes, when the little far leads, not even Chris, the kid hits his head and goes, oh, schnikey. I'm like, I'm in. So you weren't on 10 seconds. You had me and Tristan laughing. So that's good. I love it. Love it. Tommy Boy is one of my favorite movies. I grew up with that. Oh, it's great. We got it the second it came on VHS and just wore it out. Yes. Yeah. So, Mike, as as a comedian, man, uh, before we uh, get too funny, I'll get a little bit serious. Uh, as a comedian, what did you think of the Oscar slap? I know by the time this episode drops, uh, people probably won't even remember, but I, I'd love to have your thoughts on that. Sure, yeah. It was, uh, I don't know, it's weird because I, um, it wasn't that good of a joke to be offended by, I think, in my <laughs> opinion. Like, it was a... G.I. Jane reference is so dated. Like, right. he could have used... So dated. I was thinking, like, Black Panther would be a perfect reference, because they have a whole army of bald women. Um, <laughs> but... That's <laughs> true. But, uh, yeah, and then there's the thing where Will laughs, and then they cut to Jada, she's not laughing, and then he storms the stage, as if, like, she was like, you gonna defend my honor, or what? Right. Yeah, no, my my thought was right. he was just embarrassed that the camera had him laughing. Yeah. Oh, that's that's a good point. I never thought about that. I, yeah, I, I, it just seems like, oh, shit, you know, this is going to live in infamy, me laughing at the joke. I've got to do something, you know. Yeah, and then, yeah, and my friend pointed out that um, Chris Rock uh, made fun of Jada years ago during the um, Oscar So White thing. So I think they have, like, kind of a secret grudge all these years. Right. Um, so that could have played into it also. Yeah. I think that I think that joke, I, I read that just the other day, and I think that joke was uh, Jada Pinkett's boycotting the Oscars. That's a lot like me boycotting Rihanna's panties. Neither of us were invited. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It all... But it was an interesting moment, and it will, it will live in infamy. There's no doubt about that. For sure, yeah. And Will Smith... Uh, like I've always loved, he's always been like this poster child of like this sweet, sweet guy. And just to see <laughs> him right. break character and become a psycho for a second right. is pretty awesome. 
Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. And you got to give Rock some credit. Yeah. He took it. You yeah, know, he, he took it like a man. But it is crazy. I mean, I think probably what Tristan was driving at was um, was just as a comedian. You know, obviously, you always run the risk of offending people, and you really don't want people storming the stage, do you? No, not at all. Right. No, that's the worst. The uh, only thing worse than that would be if they took the mic away from you. Exactly. Then you've completely right. lost control. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I've been at shows. I've seen shows where people have stormed the stage, and it is. Oh, have you? It's. Yeah. It's. I mean, that's another thing. I mean, it's the Oscars, so it's a different thing than a comedy club. But right. a lot of comedy clubs they don't <laughs> hire security staff. So if you upset somebody in the audience, it's up to you oh, wow. to defend yourself. <laughs> or wow. control the situation and and it can be pretty dicey and uh when you're you know in the upper peninsula of michigan or middle of wisconsin and you offend somebody in a bar show mike uh closest i guess that you've ever had that happen to you or maybe a story you said you've actually seen that happen how did that turn out or how would you diffuse that type of situation uh closest it happened to me i was about six months in and a friend of a friend hired me to do stand up at a strip club in West Virginia. And <laughs> it was for a stripper's birthday. And the biggest problem with it was that the, the people who showed up to the strip club didn't know that a comedy show was going to happen. So they're there for strippers. And then they go, and now welcome Mike Cronin. And like I said, I was six months in. I was so new. My jokes were okay. And yes. I was just struggling for six minutes just bombing so hard and finally this guy uh can i curse on here sure yeah this guy yells get the fuck off the stage i want to see some tits i know him and, uh, <laughs> dad was there yeah <laughs> tristan's dad was in the crowd yeah and i i paused i was just a deer in the headlights i had no idea what to do and the stripper whose birthday it was just came on stage, gave me a hug, and carried me off stage. That's funny. And that was the end of my set. That's great. I heard uh, I heard Leno years ago, Mike, say that he worked as an up-and-comer at a place called the Mine Shaft, which was a gentleman's club. And they used to give these freaking guys helmets with lights on them. And he went out much like you, young guy, deer in the headlights, and they mm -hmm. wanted nothing to do with him. And they're shining the lights and booing them. And I mean, I guess, you know, I've often said, and I think Tristan would agree because he's a huge fan of comedy. To me, and this is not stroking you because you're sitting here with us, to me, it's the hardest thing to do in show business. I mean, to get out there with a microphone and your wit in front of 10, 100, or 1,000 people, and your job is to entertain them, shit. Man, that is some ballsy stuff. I mean, that's tough. All the credit in the world. Yeah. I mean, especially at my level or lower where nobody really knows who yeah. you are when they show up to the show, to to start with nothing and then turn like basically win them over throughout your set is it's tough and it takes years and years to hone that. Yes. I mean, it it took me like 5 or 6 before I was even consistently good. Wow. How long have you been uh, been on stage, Mike? Uh, next week will be 16 years. Wow. Wow. So, yeah. I got lucky and 
started early when I was 19. Nice. Well, that's that's the way to do it if you're going to do it. Do you do you have a like a plan? I know some comedians will have a like a heckler plan. Do you have something that you sort of do? Do you just play through it, or what do you usually do if somebody's acting crazy? Um, well, it depends. There's different types of hecklers. There's people who are actively trying to disrupt the show heckling. There's also just drunk people who think you two are in on it together and they're trying to help you out, which is more often what you get. And then there's other kind of hecklers that are just, they're so drunk (laughs) that they don't even know they're talking loud and being disruptive and they can't think that you hear them. So, um, yeah, so it's different for every scenario. Um, I don't really have a go-to line. It all depends on the situation, but one I have used a couple of times is, uh, oh, did you pay extra to uh, be rude, loud, and and disrupt the show? And then they go, no. And I go, oh, yeah, okay, well, then shut the fuck up. (laughs) It's pretty great. It's like the old Seinfeld episode where he actually follows the woman to her job. And just heckles the shit out of her yeah. while she's working. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it really has to be a comedian's uh, that dream. Is a dream. Yeah, like yeah, it really mother, is. I'm following you to the coal mine, you piece of shit. We're gonna go. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. So, uh, Mike, before we get too far, uh, you know, folks that are listening that may want to check out your social media, your handle is Bone Snake and the number three. That's Bone Snake number three. Man, I'm very yeah. curious about that. Um, so when I was, um, living with my parents still, I was on the computer one time, my dad walks by and he goes, Hey Mike, you ever hear about instant messaging? And I was like, yeah, dad, I, I know what that is. And, uh, a couple of days later I get a message and it says bone snake two has sent you a message. Do you accept? And I'm like, absolutely. This guy sounds like a psycho and I'm ready for it. So I click yes, and the message is, hey, it's your dad. And I was like, Bone Snake 2? That's the creepiest goddamn thing that I've ever heard. And is Bone Snake 1 already taken? That is funny. Because 2 isn't a special number for my dad. He was born in January. You know, he has three kids. There's nothing nothing about 2 makes that special. So then I was like, is Grandpa... Bone Snake One, and do I have to be Bone Snake Three? <laughs> so that's why it's Bone Snake Three. Oh, that's funny. Although Mike, that is the essence of comedy, you know, misdirection. I heard Thank Carlin you. say that, so you never expected that was going to be Dad, did you? Will you insist to have uh, your your son? You have a son. I do have a son. Yeah. Will he be Bone Snake Four? <laughs> If he chooses to be, I can I can let it die with me. You okay. know, I don't want to force it on the poor guy. Fair enough. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Oh my. <laughs> do you do you work that into your do you work that into a routine, Mike? That's funny stuff. No, not at all. Did you ever have a sit-down conversation where you're like, "Oh, that's great, Dad. Tell me a little bit about that. <laughs> like, what was the? Did he ever origin story Bone Snake for you, or you just are good <laughs> to never fantastic. know? Yeah, he's a he's an odd duck, <laughs> my dad. <laughs> oh God, good to never know. I think the least I know about it, the better. 
personally. Mm. <laughs> and, and you're you're coming uh, locally soon, right? You're coming to Central Kentucky. If folks want to check you out here, I guess in our zone. Yeah, I'll be in uh, Louisville uh, the seventh through the tenth uh, at the Louisville Comedy Club. Uh, the 10th, I will be headlining, and then the rest of the week, I'll be featuring for Pablo Francisco. Very nice. And then um, 21st through 25th, I think, or whatever that Thursday through Sunday is. Maybe it's the 23rd through 25th. I'll be back at Comedy Off-Broadway uh, yeah. featuring for Jen Coble. Yeah, so guys, if you're listening, you you will have a great time. So yeah. uh, Louisville folks and, and Lexington folks, uh, jump online and, and get those tickets while they're still available. Uh, it's It'll be a blast. Now, was Tristan right, Mike? Are you uh, a Cincinnati or Ohio native, or is that where you grew up? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, those are uh, – I haven't been to the Louisville Cup. It's brand new, but the – Is it really? That's cool to hear. Comedy Off-Broadway is one of the best clubs in the country. Nice. Yeah, it's, it's very well run and um, – they take care of the comics and just have a great audience. Because yeah. that's the thing um, you don't really think about, but each club builds their audience throughout, depending on who they book, how they manage the room, who comes to the shows. Um, so, um, yeah, and they have cultivated a, an amazing audience over the years. That's true. So what was it like moving to Detroit? I was born in Michigan, grew up in uh, Cincinnati, and now I'm back in Michigan. That's cool. Uh, well, I moved uh, January of 2020, so right before the pandemic. I was on the road for two months and then stuck at home. Um, so I haven't really got to experience living here outside of a pandemic, but um, it's fun. I like it. I mean, there's in Ohio, there's no swimmable water for like four or five hours from Cincinnati. I mean, the river is one of the most polluted in the world, the Ohio river down there. So it's nice to be 40 minutes from a lake. We can swim in her parents live on a lake and we go there all summer. So I like that aspect. I like the people, the food's good. It's a good place. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Mike, I don't know if this is going to be good podcast fodder, because I'm going to ask you a question, and I forgot the guy's name. But a guy that I'm friends with, uh, he does a lot of uh, stand-up albums. And he was a stand-up for a while. I don't even know if he still does. But bald guy from Lexington. That's he fun. had a really bad stutter, which is why he went into comedy. And I think most of the people that I've met in comedy know him. Do you know who I'm talking about? If not, this is a miserable question. Um, is it? When you say a lot of albums, does he record albums or does he I, create them himself? I think he's a part of helping comedians get their albums out. Oh, okay. I don't know if I know his name. Is it on tour records, though? I believe that's right. Yeah. Nice. So so my one stand-up story, I actually did stand-up with him on UK's campus one night, which was kind oh, of fun. Okay. I used to do that show. Oh, did you really? That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> the, the best crowd. I, I I only did comedy the one night. We did like a <laughs> workshop, and then we moved into the, the Cat's Den. Cat's Den, yeah. Yeah, I said if the – if I assume most crowds aren't that friendly because though they were there to laugh. It was awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was always so fun to do that room. I remember one time I did it and I was filthy on stage and I walk out to just get some fresh air and they have been, someone has been in the, the, um, common area, just reading the Bible solid for, I guess, a couple of weeks. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) So they were able to just hear my masturbation stories and be like, this is too much. I got to go pray on this and then walk right outside. That's awesome. Yeah. Do, do you ha- do you have any limits on uh, what you do on stage, or you just feel like, man, if it's funny, it's coming out? Is there any anything at all you would censor? Pretty much. I mean, I don't like to do jokes uh, at people's expenses. Most of my stuff is about my family, and so I do jokes that I've done in front of them that I know that they're okay with. Um, but other than that, no, I like to... I like to push the envelope. Uh, people have told me I'm very likable. Uh, so I like to see how far I can run with that and get people to go with me on certain things. That's awesome. Yeah. So at this point, you've probably opened for and performed with like a lot of big names that uh, everybody listening would know. Do, do are there is there anybody out there that still would like give you butterflies to meet or open for or anybody that you'd really like to encounter uh, as you tour? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm excited for this Pablo Francisco week. I when I was first starting out, I, he was a huge influence on me. I loved uh, his material, and he's one of the best impressionists. And um, he's a big one. I'm excited for. I'd have to think on that. I have. Um, I met David Tell. He was pretty awesome. That was one where I was like kind of butterflies because he was my favorite comedian for a long time. And getting to right. meet him and work with him was, was amazing. I would imagine, Mike, that's a pretty tight-knit fraternity, comedians. Yeah. Yeah, for the most part. Oh, cool. Um, it's, it's tough because, you know, we're working – once you get to the headlining phase, you're, you only see your friends. Uh, you don't see them that often cause you're both traveling at the same time. So like uh, comedy festivals, there's one in Cincinnati called the brouhaha. I'm actually wearing one of their shirts. Um, but, uh, that's like a great, we call it comedy Christmas in Cincinnati cause all the comics come back home and, uh, it's like a big reunion and it's so much fun. That's very cool. So what does your, yeah schedule look like i mean how many dates will you work in a year how much traveling i mean it's it's got to be pretty grueling pretty grueling yeah um we just had our son um he's 10 months old now oh, congratulations. so i try not to do thank you i try not to do two weekends in a row but uh, for the most part it's two to three weekends every every month um gotcha. and then so, writing yeah and writing yeah yeah so 25 to 30 weeks a year, um, that's on the low side. And then, um, yeah, writing, yeah, finding odd jobs to, <laughs> to make ends meet until the next gig. Nice. Hey, so, <laughs> again, let me just try to kill the momentum of the podcast. That was Ross Duncliffe. <laughs> Shout out to Ross Duncliffe. Ross Duncliffe. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Is that uh, somebody you've worked with or, or met by chance? I think we've met. I, I've never worked with him. 
Nice. But just in passing, I've I know who that is. Yeah. Uh, he did my friend uh, Gabe Kia's album. Okay. Very cool. Cool. Yeah. Nice guy. Mm-hmm. Hey, so uh, sp- great guy. Yeah. Speaking of guys in the business, and if you have any great stories, uh, and uh, not that anybody will ever hear us right now, but you don't have to mention names. Uh, have you ever had any really asshole? comedians that you either worked with or met or you're just like man like maybe even people love them and you're like they're a piece of shit any of those guys are yeah yeah (laughs) a few (laughs) yeah a few unfortunately yeah Uh, only like two though in 16 years which is pretty good that's cool i've worked with guys who other people think are assholes but i've had a pleasant experience with them um but two stick out to me for sure that's funny. Can we have a hint as to who they are? <laughs> no, don't put you them on wouldn't the know who they were. Uh, one okay. of them is dead because um, mm. I paid a guy to kill him. But uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> he shouldn't um, have been an asshole. Yeah, shouldn't have been an asshole. Uh, no, one of them. I used to work the comedy club at or work the door at the at Go Bananas in Cincinnati for six or seven years while I was doing comedy. And one of them was just a dick to me, thinking I was just a nobody door guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another one um, was a comic. And he it was coming from a, a good place, kind of. But he was very... I was not doing well all week. I just didn't like his crowd. Or his crowd didn't like me, I should say. And I was bombing all week. And he took me out to dinner Sunday. And he was like... Here's how you, uh, here's what you should do in comedy. And then lists, I was like five or six years in then. So I knew what I was doing. I just, it just was, I just wasn't connecting with his audience specifically. So he's just telling me these things that I've known for years. And I was like, Mm. yeah, I know all that Daryl, but, uh, (laughs) I can't Daryl Joyce, but I can't just not connecting specifically with your crowd. And I'm sorry that I'm starting the show off bad, but that's just the situation now that's interesting mike uh at what point into the show can you you know from the stage make that determination like okay this is going well or oh fuck this is going to be a rough night or or can that change you know halfway through can they surprise you absolutely yeah Yeah. i think sometimes um and what i've learned which this takes years but I've learned if you just acknowledge that the crowd isn't into it, you're not into it, um, it kind of breaks the tension a little bit, and then you get a fresh start. So I've done that before. I was opening for Bruce Bruce a couple of years ago, and the same thing, just the crowd wasn't um, feeling me, and, um, and I just let them know, like, hey, I've been doing this a long time. I get it. I'm not your favorite. That's okay. I'm going to be done soon. Uh, let's have fun with the, the, my next five minutes. And then I said, uh, I mentioned there's a famous, um, uh, what's his name? He was part of the Kings of Comedy, Bernie Mac. There's a famous oh, Bernie yeah. Mac um, oh, yeah. Bernie. Def Jam thing where he was bombing. And, uh, and then he just goes at the crowd. He goes, I ain't scared of you motherfuckers. And then just killed after that. <laughs> and that's what I said. I was like, I feel like Bernie Mac up here. Like, I ain't scared of you motherfuckers. And that got a big laugh. <laughs> and then they were with me for the rest of my set. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So what's your cat's name? 
Uh, which one? Uh, we <laughs> we got two. Um, well, I, Trixie and Spider. Cool. Yeah. Okay, one one of them just snuck in behind oh, you. That piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, we got a attention whore. We got a tiny house, and um, so my office is also the cat room, which is very convenient for me. That's fine. To constantly smell <laughs> shit while funny. I'm working. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> does does that help or or hurt in joke writing? Um, <laughs> probably probably help. You know. It certainly gives me the motivation and drive to be able to afford a better house that I don't have to smell shit while I work. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So I, I guess on the other uh, the other end of that question, have you had comedians that really? I mean, you hear a lot of these stories. I don't know if it's just something uh, you know on like crashing on HBO or they're real, where like some comedians will really go out of their way to kind of help you out in a good way or like take some hotel bills or something like that from guys that have made it. Have you had uh, experiences like that where people have really been extra, like beyond helpful and oh, cool? Oh, for sure. Yeah. More of that than people, um, being shitty to me. Um, Tom Segura, uh, has helped me out tremendously. Um, I became friends with him, you know, before he blew up and he still takes me on the road. Um, I was just with him for a week at the end of February and we're doing another week in May and uh, he's opened a bunch of doors for me, helped me get into places. Um, same with like Chad Daniels, um, Tommy Jonigan was one of the first guys to really help me out. And that was a guy who I would, you know, miss the bus in, in junior high on purpose so that I could, be driven to school and my parents so I could listen to Bob and Tom with my parents. And then I would catch him on that show. And then to be able to become friends with him was pretty awesome. That's cool. Yeah. Very cool. And also some of, Oh, some of the guys I've, I came up with are now doing big things. I have a friend who, um, sold a show on sci-fi for a season and uh, he's been working on other shows and writing and stuff out in L.A., so um, he's been helping me, too. I mean, it's all a big social network, like you said, like a fraternity, and we all... I've always right. been from the school of leave the door open for the guy behind you, you know, to to help out. And I've always tried to help people out whenever I could. I heard uh, Lewis Black one time say when he was first, I think he had taught school and then decided to give stand-up a shot, and he had played a club in New York City. This is still back in the days of answering machines, and he came home, and the light was blinking, and he hit it, and he heard a voice say, I caught your act tonight, and I thought you were great. I don't know how much I can do for you. If I can do anything, I, you know, I, I will. And it was George Carlin. And the way Lewis tells it, like he was just – fucking stunned it was like oh my god he said i called my mother i can't believe this yeah. like he just did his show and carlin happened to be in the audience and liked them i mean now that's high praise right yeah you're like hey maybe i'm pretty good at this i was just gonna ask uh what compliments you've had like that that have maybe meant a lot to you from other comedians um uh <laughs> i always i think the biggest compliment for me is when i go off stage and somebody repeats a line back to me like the headliner if I'm opening like Tom 
if I'm opening and he'll say something. One of the first times was with this guy, Ryan Stout, who's one of the funniest guys in the country, uh, very dry and sarcastic. And he was, I had this joke that I, I, <laughs> it was about how my, my niece was wearing swimmies and like the things on your arms and was standing by the pool and I pushed her in and I said, dress like that. She was asking for it. And the crowd <laughs> turned on me and I was like, Hey, that's my sweet niece. And then I got off stage. He's like, your sweet niece. What are you doing up there? <laughs> In a loving way. Oh but my yeah, God. that's, that's the biggest compliment for me. <laughs> stuff like that. That's pretty great. But uh, what I was going to say is uh, a friend of mine had a similar story to that George Carlin Lewis Black thing where um, he got to meet um, Dave Chappelle and Dave uh, liked him and, and thought he was very funny. And he was like, I, I want to make this very clear. I believe in you. I think you can make it. I cannot help you in any way. And he was saying it from like, a, don't expect any help because, but I really think you will succeed. So just keep at it. And then um, when he started those, those shows uh, up in Yellow Springs last year, uh, my friend was on the fir very first show. So he ended up actually helping him out and uh, they made a documentary and I think he's featured in that a little bit. So that's awesome. I, yeah. I actually, yeah. I spent a New Year's Eve in Yellow Springs just hoping Dave would come out. And we made plans to go, and then uh, I see, like, Dave's performing at MSG, Madison Square mm -hmm. Garden, like, that night. So I was like, God damn it, like, the one time, <laughs> you know, just hoping to sort of run across Dave Chappelle. But it's funny, like, every year, like, he sort of famously just hangs out with everybody for New Year's Eve. So, like, the two years before and the two years after, but the one time we were sort of hoping to catch a glimpse, he was uh, he was in New York. So. <laughs> of course. Figures. Figures. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man! So what's the what's the coolest part about being a comedian that people who just watch the shows don't know? Like, tell us something that we wouldn't have heard. Um, I don't know. I personally love traveling. I never got to travel as a as a kid, and um, we never went on summer vacations or anything. So to be able to go all over the country, go to and be surprised by you know you go to some place you don't think anything of the city and then like Appleton, Wisconsin would never heard of. I would have never gone to in my life if it weren't for stand up. And it's one of my favorite places. Same with Tacoma and, uh, um, other places like that. Like I love traveling, experiencing new things, checking out local scenes, local food. And, um, that's a huge thing for me for sure. That's really cool. Kind of like the military, like without the, you know, having to risk your life. Usually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So do you have any kind of a, like an improv background? Do you do any, like any of that stuff or you're just straight stand? -up? Um, I never took any classes, but uh, me and my friends, we started a show in Cincinnati called underbelly and it was uh stand up comics doing everything, but stand up. So there would be improv, there would be sketches, um, beat poetry interpretive dance like the weirdest <laughs> stuff and uh nice. i did a lot of sketches in that for years and that was a blast and i love that and i'd love to get back into it but i've never done the classes or anything 
Oh, that's pretty cool. Uh, have you tried to, or have you done any uh, like TV shows or anything like that that we would have heard of at this point? Um, no, nope. I haven't heard of me. Okay, well now you can just yeah. tell okay. everybody get that, off. You know, you've been on th- this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, no douche, I, douche question. <laughs> no, I haven't. I mean, I've. I should have checked your Wikipedia the cl- first. <laughs> The closest I can say is that I've helped my friends write tags for their Comedy Central specials. Uh, so, and um, Tom Segura, actually, I have a couple of his jokes I've tagged, and um, he's used them on his specials and stuff. So that's pretty cool. But other than that, I don't really have a TV credit of my own. Well, and yeah. when I ask that, it's just because I've seen people who were you know a, a tenth as funny as you are that have had some credit so i'm kind of shocked you know just personally that that you're not at that place oh, thanks not to i don't know well i hope that sounds like more of a compliment because i mean it that way i mean you're you're hilarious and you know some of the people that i watch on even the late night shows like that have been scouted for weeks i'm like that was okay yeah <laughs> but do you, do you feel that way too like do you watch some of these shows and you're like how is that person you know how did you get this gig sometimes yeah i mean not to be mean but yeah well yeah i mean sometimes it's like a personality people get um a lot of heat and i mean comedy is so subjective like um right there are guys that are rich and super successful and famous that i don't personally find funny but i do respect you know the way they do stuff and how they've built their entire life uh up to that point but um and it's funny too mike uh comedy i have found can be generational i'm 62 you know dad was a world war ii guy bob hope was his guy never thought bob hope was funny i didn't (laughs) so i'm i turned 20 and steve martin comes along and my old man who had a great sense of humor and could make you laugh never saw steve martin's humor and and you know it kind of goes like that um tommy boy being an exception with my kids laughing but i think there's sort of a kind of a generational component to comedy as well for sure. And there's like uh, seeing someone live versus watching their videos component, too. There was a guy, my personal favorite comic is a guy named Robert Hawkins out of Texas. And I think he's retired now. But he was, I saw him uh, in Cincinnati and I laughed so hard that I had to leave the room because my ribs were hurting. <laughs> and this is, oh my God. This is like five or six years into comedy where I've watched comedy every single day. Um, so I was just a little bit jaded and still like, he just made me laugh so hard and I would Which show is super high praise for him. Right. Right. I mean, there's a fellow comic who he's, di- who he's, you know, who's just side splitting. Yeah. And I would show his videos to people and they wouldn't really be impressed. In fact, I said, Oh, that's funny. I sent one to my dad and he was like, why'd you send me this? And he was like, I think in a bad mood anyways. (laughs) So he was like, yeah, I don't know. I don't like this. I don't appreciate it. And I was like, okay, sorry about that. That's funny. And then I brought him. All right, easy bone snake. Yeah. And then I, exactly. Then I (laughs) brought him to a show a year and a half later. And he was like, that's the funniest thing I've ever seen. He's my new favorite comic. How about that? Yeah. That's very it interesting. Is fu- mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's funny. I mean, it, it is such a difference, I guess, between being there. Even great comedians, you know, you'd lose a lot from being on TV or being behind a screen versus 
you know, it really now, is something to be in a, in a club. Yeah. Now, speaking of that, Trisden, when you saw Mike, you were going to see uh, Gilbert, and Mike happened to be op- opening. You weren't, you know, it was a pleasant surprise, and you just found it hysterical. That's it. Yeah. No, I, exactly. I, and I've seen. I mean, I've probably been at, what, 25 or 30 live comedy shows. And, you know, and usually, you know, there is a lot of talent in, uh, you know, in the opening guy or the featured guy. Right. But, no, I mean, I thought Mike absolutely, you know, walked out and was like, holy shit. And sometimes, too, when you go see somebody famous like Gilbert, you think, man, you know, you hope that they're not just relying on their name to sell tickets and they come out. But also Gilbert killed. And, uh, you know, but credit to both. Like, it was just such a – it was a phenomenal show. That's great. Yeah, Gilbert yeah. was so funny, and that was the first time I met him, and he was yeah, uh, just just lived up to the hype and the expectations, and was also just a genuinely nice guy. He pulled me aside at the end of the week and said it was great work with you, and I really like That's your cool. material. And he didn't have to do that, and that just meant a lot to me. Very cool. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, he was so friendly. Yeah. We That's high praise because he. Yeah, we yeah, he's a funny yeah, man. we we met him a- after the show, and I and I just thought the same thing. Like sometimes those guys, you know, or sometimes you guys will skip out after the show. You know, no pictures, no autographs, and all that. But you know, Gilbert was down for it, man. He was just like, you know, hung out with everybody, and uh, and I thought that was pretty cool. I always sort of judge com- comics also on if they if they stick around after the show in a small venue to sort of uh, you know to see the fans. Yeah. Go ahead, Ray. So, Mike, we saw your cat run through. Are you a, are, are you an animal lover? Are you a pet guy? I do, yeah. I would love pets. Yeah, we have uh, two dogs and two cats. Um, uh, we I moved from – I was living in Chicago for five years before the pandemic, and then I moved in. It's getting a little rough, a little unsafe, so I moved in with my fiancé into the ghetto of Detroit, and we lived in a studio apartment. And at the time, we had another cat. So we had two dogs and three cats and two people in a studio apartment. Wow. Which is kind of like starting a zoo in a closet. It, wow. <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That sounds like a yeah. script Matt Damon would jump on. <laughs> zoo in a closet. Zoo, zoo yeah. in a closet starring Matt Damon. <laughs> it's the sequel to We Bought a Zoo. When the zoo's so, uh, zoo's not doing so well, no, they gotta right. close it down and open up in a closet. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> Starring Matt Damon and I don't know, famous female insert here. Uh, Mike, tell us about your podcast. You, you do one of these things. Yeah, I have a podcast. Actually, it's an improv podcast. Uh, weirdly enough, we just talked about that. Um, where me and my friend we play two former male dancers from the worst strip club in the country (laughs) and we're in the witness protection program now and we start every episode by saying the city and state that we are in so we have to be moved the next week and uh it's just very silly and offensive we say just awful (laughs) awful things to each other that's funny yeah i can't wait to check that out mr cheeks yeah, Mr. Cheeks, nice, Mr. Cheeks. That's great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I do it with my friend Rand Barnaclow, who's one of the funniest guys I've ever met. A uh, guy out of Cincinnati, and he just makes me laugh so hard. We just the whole time it's just us trying to make each other laugh, and uh, it just by saying more and more wild, inappropriate shit. <laughs> That's awesome. 
the laugh has to be its own high, Mike. When you're on stage, so the other part of we talked about bombing, but when it's going well and it's flowing and people are, at, it's just got to be a, a a natural high, no? Yeah, there's nothing better. I mean, I get why a lot of comics are addicts too because it is just it's so God. having a. a a great big laugh in a big room or a theater is just the best experience. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. And then conversely, having an awful set is the worst thing you could possibly do. <laughs> and, but you probably, there's probably can't f- feel more alone, right? Yeah. A- alone in a room of 500 people. Right. Yeah. But it also weirdly, the more you do it, the worse you do, the, the more eager you are to get back on stage again and, and kind of fix it. Mm. Like, so it's a weird thing. It's addictive for sure. Interesting. Going back to Mr. Cheeks, I've, I've always been fascinated because you think the lifespan of a, of a stripper or a porn star or something is so limited. Like how Mm -hmm. do those folks at 45 years old, I got 20, I got, I got 25 years, Tristan out of it. Before I had to get out, and, and you were a star. You, you were a star, but, but like, how yeah. do you acclimate into society at that point? Like, it, what? Like, do you go get a job at, at Subway and you're just making sandwiches after doing 20 years of porn? I, I mean, it, it's a fascinating <laughs> switch into real life, right? Like, because you probably don't have enough money to like retire. Like, you've lived well. But then you've got to go get a real job. It's fascinating to me. Be a hell of a resume, wouldn't right. it? Be yeah, an interesting be. resume. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of what's middle this? managers are gonna be okay. <laughs> yeah. I just picture them like, so what's this twenty-year gap in employment about? They're like, uh, <laughs> I was working nights. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. So, yeah, so Mike, uh, we, I actually read somewhere. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say I read somewhere where porn stars are actually amongst the most honest people. And when you think about that, it kind of makes sense. Once you're a fucking porn star, really, what is there to lie about? You're just honest with everybody. That's what you do. Take it and leave it, you know? Yeah, what do you got to hide? <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. So disappointing that Ron Jeremy turned out to be a bad guy. I just, I really, oh my I God. thought that he was a, a nice guy outside of the, the lifestyle, but disappointing unbelievable you get Jeez. you yeah. get to know a guy in his penis and then he does that to you i mean <laughs> and he just lets you down yeah, yeah. i mean there's not many penis role models that i've had throughout my life right. I mean, you have a penis role model you think to yourself and you look up to them and they fucking let you down like, like that uh hedgehog uh, no <laughs> that's right <laughs> oh, oh god uh. Fucking Ron Jeremy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so what kind of merch? Go ahead, Tristan. You started this mess. You uh, get us out yeah, of Yeah, I don't Hold know on. if there's a segue from Ron Jerry's Ron Jeremy's penis to uh to Mike's merch, but I'm gonna try to to segue yeah. this for us. <laughs> Mike, how can folks support you? I mean you just obviously you've got albums somewhere for sale. Where can folks check you out that are hearing you for the first time today? Um, you could check me out on all social media, like we said, at Bone Snake Three. My first album is on everywhere you stream stuff. It's called Hot for Too Long. 
And uh, my podcast, Mr. Cheeks, is wherever you can get podcasts. And I also uh, just filmed a special, a comedy special, with uh, the Helium Comedy Club started a, a comedy studio. And so um, it's going to be like me. They, they've got about 20 filmed right now. It's me. There's Alonzo Bowden, Jeff Dye, some bigger names. And then uh, a bunch of um, people my level who they're trying to get more exposure to and help take the next step to uh, to like a national touring headliner. That's awesome. Um, and, so go ahead. That'll be out soon. The uh, first clip actually airs tomorrow as we're recording this. So April 1st, the first clip will be out of that special. And uh, hopefully it'll be out sometime uh, in the summer. Or uh, or early fall. Nice. Well, very cool. Yeah. Well, I, I look forward to checking that out. And again, I you know I'm, I'm usually nice to our guests, but I'm also uh, brutally honest. I mean, I think you know of the comedians that I've seen. I mean, you are to me. You you've got to be next up. Like you you've got to be a national. Like obviously you tour nationally, but you've got to be a nationally known name sooner than later because i mean you absolutely are just funny as hell man and and you gave a little bit of that today but you know people should really go check out your show it's really great if you have not seen mike cronin you really need to do it oh thank you thanks guys this has been fun well yeah man thanks for coming on we'll have you back for sure of course and i assume mike with the last name of cronin you got a little bit of irish blood in you for sure yeah i'm half irish um my dad is like pure-blooded irish and my mom is uh german and polish nice that's sim- no, it's sim- interesting similar to mine. irish are amongst the funniest people for sure and yeah the germans are <laughs> what's the old joke uh, shortest book in the world the book of german stand-up comics <laughs> but you got the irish side so you got it. yeah yeah and uh what is it uh comedy is tragedy plus time and <laughs> yeah and there's a lot of tragedy and German and Poland. Oh no doubt, man. Yeah. No, I, I and on a right on a serious note, Mike. I, I, I uh, you know, Jewish people and Irish people are some of the funniest people on the planet. And if you look at their history, they're both tragic. Yeah. So out of that comes comes funny. Mm-hmm. You know, it just does. You can't be shit on for all those years and and not develop a sense of humor about it. Otherwise, you die. For sure. Yeah, that's why like um, church laughing or um, gallows humor is some of the hardest you laugh. Yes. It's because absolutely you shouldn't, and um, <laughs> that's right. And it, that's right. And it just helps with the pain. That's one of the I, best I, compliments I, I get after a show: is someone saying like, "Oh, I had an awful week or an awful day," and you guys just cheered me up. And that's that's fantastic. I love it. Yeah, and that's a whole nother aspect, you know, whether it's the bombing or the laughter, just to make somebody's day, to make put somebody in a better mood. How many of us get the opportunity to do that? Comedians definitely do. That's very cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Nice. I, I guess, uh, Mike, do you, we, we should definitely mention again, if you're listening to this and you're in the central Kentucky area, you need to check out Mike uh, Cronin's shows in Louisville and Comedy Off-Broadway in Lexington coming up in April. Hopefully uh, some folks will check that out. And I, I would definitely, uh, I'll try to come up. Or, no, I, I, will, I will say I will come up. I'm going to catch you uh, again at Comedy Off-Broadway. Yeah, I'd love to, too. Let's let's do that, Tristan. That would Absolutely. be great. Absolutely. We, we will definitely do that. And yeah, so I che- for sure, guys. 
Check out Mike's podcast, Mr. Cheeks, uh, and check him out again all over the country. I don't know if you – we have some German and Russian listeners. I don't know if you tour over there yet, but uh, outside of that, mm. uh, you, I'm sure you can catch Mike coming somewhere close by sooner than later, so do that. And uh, with that, we can go to uh, our really what will be extra embarrassing comedy bits because we have a professional comedian on the show today. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, like, let's Mike, hear him. I, we, we listen to these, or I listen to these back every week as, as we do it, and I just think, man, it wasn't funny, and it was, it was pretty shitty, so it's going to be extra <laughs> shitty today knowing that a professional is judging every single word. Yeah. So, so we do these for, for our sponsors. This is, uh, we've got two sponsors. They pay us $40,000 a week. And so we like to give them a big thank you. Holy hell. Uh, we've got to get in there. You've been holding out on yeah, me. Yeah, sorry, Ray. I've spent a lot of that on cocaine. Apologies. Uh, so our friends at Berea Pond, uh, check them out, buckshotandlead.com, 107 Clay Drive in Berea. Nicest folks, if you've got something to pawn, get in there and, you know, do the old school pawn thing. But then also... As I've mentioned, it's almost like a retail store, like a retail furniture store. They've got uh, things from pallets that they're selling to you as retail, like a lot of things that Target didn't sell. They'll have them a month later for half price. So you definitely want to get into Berea Pond. It's kind of a cool like pond slash superstore, but it's a lot of fun. Go tell Robin and Aaron that uh, Extreme Common Sense uh, sent you their way. And then, uh, Ray, would like to talk about our buddies one more time at uh, Dan and NASA. NASA. NASA, I got it, I yep. think. Dan and NASA at Bad Wolf Gaming, um, Chestnut Street. I always forget the address. What's the number? Uh, it's 7-Eleven Chestnut. 7-Eleven, that's easy enough to remember. 7-Eleven Chestnut Street for, you know, nerd stuff. It's nerd stuff. It's Dungeons and & Dragons and Yu-Gi-Oh! and Yu-Gi-Oh! and all that crazy stuff. And, and I've got to learn Can how to do it. On. Yeah, I want to, to Yu-Gi-Oh! more. Yeah, Patty and, uh, and I actually and stopped in. She was quite impressed. He's like, oh, it's, this is really nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a super clean store. Nice, nice place to go. Yeah. And so, and I and got a we poster like... on my wall of uh, Yu-Gi-Oh girl. Really? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was, was that? She's got that <laughs> flex in the arm. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Wasn't that was Oprah's catchphrase? Um... Yeah. <laughs> I was just Oprah's. at the the Lexington Comic Con last weekend. Oh, um, nice. Oh, nice. And uh, yeah. I've <laughs> I've never I, we were waiting in line for um, to get an autograph from an anime guy because my friend runs um, the Twitter account for Airheads Candy. That's and random. He had and cool. mentioned it on a YouTube thing, and so they sent him a bunch of Airheads. So we just, we just stopped by to say hey to him and. Uh, ah. We waited like 40 minutes in line for these diehard anime fans. And <laughs> as we were about to get up, he was like, oh, I should have grabbed something for him to sign. So he runs like three floors up Comic-Con to get a little bobblehead for him to sign. And we almost got to the front and I would have been like, hey, uh, I don't know who you are. I don't know any of your work, but uh, my friend wanted to meet you. So I waited 45 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> and luckily, oh, he shit. just got in just just right before we got up to the front of the line. So <laughs> that's awesome. And also, uh, I, I think I saw on your Facebook you met David Keckner, right? Yeah, yeah. We both uh, met him uh, once before at the Brouhaha uh, Comedy Festival. He did that one year. But he uh, seems like a nice yeah. dude. 
one of the nicest guys. Yeah, he just he came That's up cool. to us and uh, gave us both autographs, and uh, we were both huge fans of you know Anchorman and uh, his Bill Brasky sketch is like oh, one of best. my favorite. Oh yeah, the best <laughs> my favorite yeah. things in the world. Bill Brasky. The Bill Brasky yeah. is a son of a bitch. Son um, of a bitch. <laughs> he actually, yeah, I have it right here. Oh, that's awesome. He signed a, a Bill Brasky. Oh, nice. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> a headshot. That's great. That, yeah, that was he was the super best nice. Skit. And, uh, and we go, yeah, you should come on out to the comedy club because we were at Comedy Off-Broadway last weekend. And he goes... Uh, you know, I have plans. And he made it, <laughs> in the sweetest way, made it very clear that I have no interest in going to do comedy this weekend, <laughs> which I totally get. So we were like, okay, yeah, we'll see you. We'll see you That's funny. Mike, how old are you? If, you? if you're referencing Bill Brasky, we've got to be sort of similar in age. I'm I assume I'm a little older. Okay, so yeah, yeah, I've got you by about five years. So yeah, you were, you were a young pup when the Brasky skits were coming out. Oh yeah, I was obsessed with Saturday Night Live from like, since I was five. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, I yeah. I was watching Farley on it when he was still on it. So wow, because I 94. was young. Yeah, Jesus, yeah. Pete. That's awesome, though. Yeah. Sweet. And again, with the worst segue team in the world, we will now go to our uh, <laughs> Bad Wolf Gaming top ten list. Uh, all right, Ray, you ready? Ready for the, the Bad Wolf Gaming Top 10? All right, here we go. Since there's a week or two gap usually between when we record the podcast and when it drops, we really can't talk current events without them being uh, pretty outdated. So I invented a time machine so we can give you a look at more future news headlines. So this is Top 10 News Headlines between now as we record the podcast and when you hear it. Number 10, in an online poll, men prefer dogs while women prefer nagging and ruining weekends. Number nine, Vladimir Putin admits the war in Ukraine was a mistake, but wants to keep going long enough to bomb the last orphanage and two dog shelters. Uh, Number eight, in an attempt to look smart, Trisden overuses the word ubiquitous. (laughs) Number seven, Queen Elizabeth celebrates birthday, admits she's never going to die. Number six, Congress announces $4 trillion in military aid to Europe. Number five, Congress announces they wish they could help with the cost of your insulin, but they aren't made of money. Nice. (laughs) Number four, your favorite musician overdoses on fentanyl. And actually wrote that one before uh, Taylor died, so kind of (laughs) sad. Let's bring it down a little bit for the comedy portion. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Way to go, Tristan. Yeah, nice Tristan. Yeah, Debbie Downer. (laughs) On the verge of a master's comeback, Tiger Woods falls off ski lift, breaks nine bones, faces two years of physical rehab. Number two, cops kill unarmed black man. People not so mad when it turns out to be O.J. Simpson. Ouch. And the number one future news headline, sheeple Democrats ask surgeons to wear masks while they work. Fucking sheeples. <laughs> All right, there you go. Very nice. All right, Ray, you've got a, a, a Berea Pond joke of the day. Yeah, this one's a little long. This was like Dad's favorite joke, so I figure, uh, and Dad was a pretty good joke teller, so I, I won't do it the justice he would, but with Mike on, uh, maybe this will work. So there's a Catholic priest and a Protestant minister, and they get together every Wednesday, and they ride their bikes. And this one Wednesday, the minister's waiting, and here comes the priest walking up the bike path. And he says, Father, we, we ride our bikes every week. What's the deal? He, he says, uh, Reverend, it's the darndest thing. I've 
I, I can't find my bike. I've looked for it everywhere. I don't know what I did with it. And the minister says, you know, Father, I had something similar happen years ago. And when Sunday came, I gave a stirring sermon on the Ten Commandments. And when I got the Thou shalt not steal, I laid it on thick and heavy. Monday morning, the bike was back on my porch. And the priest says, okay, I'll give that a shot. Sunday comes and goes. Next Wednesday, minister's waiting on his bike. And here comes the priest biking down the bike path. He says, Father, I see you got your bike back. Priest says, I sure did, Reverend. And the minister says, and you took my advice and you gave a rousing sermon on the Ten Commandments? He said, yes, I did. And he said, when you got to thou shalt not steal, you laid it on thick and heavy. And the priest said, nah, not exactly. When I got to thou shalt not commit adultery, I remembered where I'd left my bike. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. That's so yeah, bad. Not bad. Yeah. That was dad's. Very good. Mike, uh, <laughs> you got something? Can, can you help us out as, as the only pro on here? Can you give folks maybe one actual laugh before we sign off? <laughs> um... <laughs> From, no the, pressure. from the comedy portion that we've done, we just want to end on a high note. Everything you said yeah. previously was funny. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, well, I could tell you um, about... Uh, I mentioned we got rid of one of our cats. Um, so, and this is... Speaking of downers, this is going to bring it down a little bit. But my <laughs> We had three cats, and one of them just... Um, as soon as my son was born was peeing on everything and she had never done that we'd had her for or my fiance had had her for eight years and so i thought we should make a facebook post to see if anyone would like to rehome her have a have a new nice home for her and my fiance was like we're gonna get so much hate for that and i was like no we just explain what's happening and we and they'll be fine no one's gonna hate us for having to give up a cat because it's making a house unsafe for our son and so i post it and i made it very clear that again we love this cat so much and that we tried everything we possibly could for 10 months and nothing worked and if you read those comments you would have thought that i wrote can't wait to drown this cat in a puddle and jack off on its corpse <laughs> Wow. Just the most hate I've ever gotten in my life of any post. Oh, we got a hundred comments, ninety-nine of them were negative. Oh and, god. That's fun. Yeah. And somebody wrote somebody wrote, No, no, you do not give up on your pet. When my cat started doing that, you know what I did? I went to Home Depot and I took classes and I learned how to rip up my carpets and put in hardwood flooring. Cause that's what you do Jesus. for your pet. And I was like, hey, Bob Vila, we're renting. (laughs) 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 And what what pissed me off more than that was that like four or five people wrote the same thing, which was, have you tried paying more attention to her? (laughs) Which is maybe Mm. the most condescending piece of shit thing I've ever heard. That they read all of this list of things we did, and they're like, yeah, but maybe you just petted her extra and gave her a little kiss. That would probably fix it. And let me tell you something. If a cat is pissing on everything you own for 10 months every single day, you're going to pay attention to that motherfucker. Right. Yeah. Fair. So in case you're wondering, uh, we did find a new home for her. She's, uh, she's in heaven. So. <laughs> 
So you did kill her, wow. throw her in a puddle, and, and jack no. off on her corpse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was one of the best of my life. <laughs> nice. <laughs> no, we got a new home for her. She's ruining a 23-year-old's life. So That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Pissing all over their carpet. Yeah. <laughs> awesome well guys if you've listened to this uh if you would like uh review us somewhere on spotify or apple or wherever the hell you're listening to this we'd like to thank our boy nate at stoveleg media for uh for helping us out and getting the podcast out every week of course our uh our man troy price we could not do the podcast literally and figuratively without you everything you do every week is very much appreciated and of course, our sponsors, Bad Wolf Gaming and Berea Pond. I will be by both businesses to get that $40,000 check this week. And to Ray, it's $200 uh, a week. So, yes. uh, so thanks, guys. We appreciate yes. it. Mike, we couldn't appreciate you more for coming on, man. I'm a bit of a. Yeah, Mike, a pleasure, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I Thank annoyed you. the piss out of you for like two weeks. So I appreciate you putting up with it and still coming on. No, not at all. It was fun, guys. Glad awesome, to be man. on. Good to yeah, meet you. you. I'll so see much. you. I'll see you in Lexington. Likewise. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. yeah. Yes, sir. That's a date. All right. Uh, take care. All right. Have a good one. Thank you all. Thanks for listening to Extreme Common Sense with Tristan and Ray. We hope you had fun and look forward to taking on another topic next week.